Hey there, it's Chris, and this episode is brought to you by The Upset Picks. If you're looking to make sports betting a bigger part of your portfolio, visit theupsetpicks.com and make sure you check out the daily Chasing the Dog videos on YouTube, where you'll get the top dogs of the day. Now sit back and listen to Carrie, Andrew, and me ramble through the world of sports, politics, and entertainment like squirrels on caffeine. See you, Carrie. Good to see you, Andrew. See you, man. It's not really that good to see you, but you know. What are we pouring? I don't know. What is this? Come on. How do you not? You, oh my you gosh. brought the bottle. That's that. That's so? that's a foul. I don't know what I'm pouring. I know what the other bottle is. How do you not know what you're pouring? Because um, you told me to drink it, and it's really good, so I drink it. Duh. I tried to identify it by sniffing the cork. Didn't am, work. So what am I pouring, Chris? Joseph Magnus. There we go. You should know that, though. It's your bottle. Okay. So the significance of this bottle is the fact that you bought me this bottle for when my son was born, and now this is our... I'll take the rest of it. So that now this is our uh, adventure, a new adventure. You know, we're drinking it, so... Beautiful. How old's your son now? Well, it'll be five months in a week. Five months. Already. It's crazy. We went to the doctor, and they were like, okay, so he's three months. I was like, no, he's not. We were just here last week. I go, no, sir, he's, he's three months. Okay. <laughs> All right, gents, cheers. Cheers. Salute. Episode two. Episode two. The neat thing about Just Madness, he set up shop in Cincinnati, Ohio. My home state. Not my hometown, but my home state. Yep, that's where he started his business. You know, the NBA All-Star game is going to be in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, yay. You don't really care? No, I, do, I like Cleveland. Finished in a sherry and cognac cask. I just thought that was impressive. I mean, I don't... Anyway. I was it makes it the, taste good. All right, gents. Yeah. I was waiting for the rest of the sentence. No, that was, that was the end of the sentence right there. So, did you guys watch the Super Bowl? I did. watched the Super Bowl. Did you watch the Super Bowl? Did. One of the uh, better Super Bowls we've had in a while. I really enjoyed it. Third period was kind of slow, but... Yeah, yeah. We'll take it. First, second, fourth, we'll take that. For sure. Anything stand out? I had a lot to drink, sorry. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Hobo Joe. You're, you're an adult. You can do that. You can drink. You're allowed to drink. Are you? Believe me, nobody's carding you. Not in my house, at least. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I can't find it anyway. It's like, where's my coat? All right, so I thought it was an impressive performance by both Stafford and Burrow. Really? It was an impressive performance, but it was also, as bad as it sounds, the fact that they both got up from injuries that you saw it on the replay, and you're like, you're done, man. You're done. And they got up, and they were like, no, no, I'm going back out. Okay, cool. That was awesome. Power of modern medicine. Or willpower. Mm-hmm. Part of that, too, I'm sure. I mean, I, I don't think Joe Burrow got anything, did per- he? just, like, stood up. I was out for some series, part of a series. I don't remember. He came right back out, though. Yeah. Anyway, right. yeah, I thought it was a good Super Bowl. Good for Matt Stafford. After languishing in Detroit all those years, you know, the wasted talent. So then now the biggest talk is that he's going to be, and there, people are talking about him going to the Hall of Fame. Thought, do you think that 
effectiveness in Detroit, and even though he had Megatron, still couldn't make it work, just automatically disqualifies him from the Hall of Fame? Or do you think the fact that now he's won a Super Bowl, he'd go... Okay, I mean, yeah, he had Megatron for all those years, and that's great, but you need defense, Mm -hmm. you need a running game. I mean, obviously, we're fantasizing here, but imagine if Stafford, Barry Sanders, and Megatron had collided in the same time period. That would have been fun to watch. Are there are there requirements for the Hall of Fame? I don't think so, right? I mean, it's like a preponderance of evidence. Thing. Pretty much. It's not nearly as... They're not nearly as strict and stringent as the Baseball Hall of Fame. Like, this year, they're like, what, seven mechanics, something like that? I'm, not, I'm from Canton, Ohio. I should know, but... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not... It doesn't seem to be nearly as stringent as the Baseball Hall of Fame. Some years ago, yeah, there's nobody. There's one guy. A lot of merit. Yeah, this is what he says. So I'm going to talk about it on the podcast, but the Hall of Fame bar is incredibly low now, like a particip- participation trophy. No, So Stafford's got no all-decade team, no all-pro, no MVP, just one Pro Bowl, not even MVP of the Super Bowl. Never considered the best in any year he played. He says at least Matt Ryan was an MVP. Uh, he did nothing spectacular. It's really a mac- macrocosm of his career. Did good, not great, made a few wow passes, made a few facepalm passes. Aaron Donald and Vaughn are the two Hall of Fame he should thank. Hall of Famers he should thank. So, I mean, pretty, pretty opinionated. He kind of backs it up with the stats there, but the question remains, do you think Stafford's going to get in now? No. Interesting. I think, I don't, I mean, I know the bar is low, but you have to take into account that he was in Detroit and what happened in Detroit. Because you have a lot of court, like, Joe Burrows in Cincinnati. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you can't be like, well, if Joe Burrow's gonna, he's got to do something in Cincinnati, which he did, and you know, but you, you can't take and you can't just let that part of your career go. Now, if he goes back and wins like three Super Bowls, if okay. they go boom, 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 then yeah, we'll talk. But like right now, if the voting was today, yeah. no, I get the I get the Detroit discussion, I do. But again, you got to have a defense, you got to have a running game. It's great that you can pass to Megatron, but man. Yeah, but if you're in the Hall of Fame, the standard for you're the okay, the Hall of Fame is you're the greatest, right? right. Terry, right. You have to figure out how to do. Like, Terry Bradshaw's in the Hall of Fame, right? He had a running game. He had great receivers. He had a fantastic defense, right? Do you think? Do you think someone like Terry Bradshaw is going to carry the Detroit Lions on his back when there's no running game and no defense? I mean, maybe not, but at the same time, we didn't have to see it. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you look at the look. Well, okay, so Jim Kelly, he's in the Hall of Fame, right? Man, he didn't win a Super Bowl. Crushing people's double, records here, Chris. Let me double check that. I don't know if he's going to say that these are. They should have an asterisk next to there. So, no. Well, okay. So so let's ask. So Tom Brady went to his first Super Bowl, and then it was almost a decade later before he went to another one. Right. And then he just racked them up. But boom. Let's say he just stopped playing at ten years. One Super Bowl didn't go back. Wasn't impressive for a decade. Would he be? I mean, I Jim know. Kelly went to four in a row and lost them all. But so he went to four. So, so going four in a row, that's his resume. But he went four in a row. Right, but he didn't win one. But he went. Okay. He went into the playoffs, won in the playoffs, got to the Super Bowl. Right. Like, how many How many Super Bowls does Aaron Rodgers have? One. The same man as Matt Stafford. Right. How many, play, how many playoff right. games? How that's many playoff right. games does he have? How many playoff games does Matt Stafford have? Six now? Yeah, and three of them were this year. Right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been to the playoffs every year except for two in the last decade. Yeah. 
Let's be another round him. He's, would, he's not. I mean, he's got tools. He's got weapons. Well, he's got defense. I, I don't. I don't think Aaron Rodgers should go into the Hall of Fame immediately just because of the fact of like you're Aaron Rodgers and you can't put together enough plays to win a Super Bowl. You're Aaron freaking Rodgers. Don't blame other people. Be like, well, my defense. Dude, you could throw the ball on top of a quarter from across the field. Make a play. Just make. Just do it. Yeah. I mean, again, team sport. I don't expect one guy to carry the team. Just me. What? You got something to say, Karen? No, I was going to make a comment about soccer, but it's not really appropriate, I don't think. Why not? No, 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 no. All right. Well, now, I, I'm, now I'm curious. Yeah, what was exactly. your no, well, you were talking about them taking a, a lick and then kept, they kept on ticking. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, in soccer, that's that's assumed. They just spray that cold stuff on you and you just get back up again and keep going. That, like, free well, on icy hot stuff? When they're really... After you catch your breath laying when down on the ground. When they're really injured. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's real. Have exactly. you ever seen soccer player injuries? You're like, dude, you were... Nobody was around you, but it's 50 feet. Right. How did you... What are you doing on the ground? Hey, the best commercial was the ESPN commercial during the World Cup where the, uh, the two sportscasters are, like, meeting in the hallway and they're about three feet from each other and one guy just flops down. Like, the other guy ran into him. That was perfect. I'm like, that's, that's soccer in a heartbeat. Right? That is soccer. That is soccer. All right, so uh, we talked about uh, Stafford. Burrow, I think he was impressive. I mean, this, this kid seems to uh, hold up well under pressure, which is nice to see. He's doesn't seem to have that much of an ego. Very much a team guy. Looks I like. mean, he's got some ego, but he just he's got a lot of swagger. He too. knows how to manage it, though. Is yeah, what I'm saying. yeah, yeah. He's just got a ton of swagger, but he's yeah. got a huge ego. Yes, he does, but I don't think you're seeing it on display like you do in other football players. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, which is nice to see. You know, again, it's good, good on him. Um, what do you think for the future is going to hold for him? I don't know. It depends on how they draft this year. Well, they got to they, they they protect him. If they can't they protect, protect him, him. He's, he's got like three years. He he'll, gets sacked he'll, be like, he'll be like Andrew Luck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, just get hurt all the time. Yeah. Be like, oh, look how great you were, Andrew Luck. And he's like, yeah, but I'm got I'm like in a permanent yeah, uh, concussion. Locker. Yeah, exactly. So that's exactly right. You got to protect. Got to protect him. I, if, I, if I'm the Bengals, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for the offensive line to protect him. You seem to have a pretty decent defensive base in, in play. You've got a running game, you've got receivers. Protect him, I think you do just fine. Yeah. I think you can see a rising AFC power in uh, Cincinnati. It'll break a streak, though. So there's a, I forget what the number is, but I want to say, I want to say it's 16, but of the last 16, excuse me, like um, freshman quarterbacks that make it to the Super Bowl for their Super Bowl debut, they never make it back. Mm. So That's interesting. So how many coaches, well, then, I'm sorry, go, go, go. coaches, managers, trying to figure out, hey, what do we got to do now, right? So the day after the Super Bowl, start planning for the next one. Yeah. How do you how do you protect that guy? How does the lineup work out? All that fun stuff. I mean, that's not... Be a lot of people thinking about it. I mean, you talk about culture, though. Are you a winning culture? So, like, are you trying to grow a winning culture? If, if you are, then, yeah, the day after you're thinking about it. But if you're, you know, if you're the Cowboys, you're like, ooh, what is the shiniest thing I can put on the field to make people like me? I really don't care about winning. But if it's shiny and I can put it out there, I'm in, man. It's kind of an interesting concept as far as, like, the two different types of cultures that are setting their, their feet now. Hmm. Emmett Smith was in the audience, right? Yeah, he was. Hanging on. Great, great uh, call in the audience. It was very telling to have them pan yeah. the entire stadium. And I think he saw, like, two masks <laughs> in the whole place. Yeah, COVID doesn't exist in this bubble. That's right. It's a COVID-free zone. It's like my... 
my table at the restaurant. That exactly. No COVID here. No COVID here. No COVID in this restaurant. <laughs> Lots of COVID between the table and the door. No yeah. COVID zone at the table. Yeah. We sat, we sat down with the uh, with the COVID union and we agreed COVID. That's right. No, no, not near this table. You're allowed to stand between the door and the table, but at the tables you must go away. Listen, COVID, I told you already. <laughs> And you can only be active after 11. Yeah. And not during the Super Bowl. That was, uh, that was telling. I mean, it was, I mean, people were paying attention, I think, and like, huh, looks like life is normal. So yeah. I, I, think, I think you'll see a lot more um, pushback from the masses. Yeah, so, you know, I'm not a, uh, you know, if you want to wear a mask, you can wear a mask all day long as far as I'm concerned. I had somebody yell at me the other day. They were like, are you going to put a mask on for me? It's like, no, you're wearing a mask. You're fine. Yeah. I'm not going to put on a mask. Yeah. And oh, by the way, I'm 13 feet away from you at my own gas pump. Leave me alone. You'll be all right. <laughs> You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I thought that was good. Um, obviously, the halftime show. Hmm. Well, that was one of the better ones in a long time. I really did. What did you think of the halftime show? Uh, yeah, just so-so. I, would, I, would, I mean, so, I don't know. I, I wasn't too terribly impressed, but I'm, I mean, it's not, it's not my, it wasn't my thing. Right. So not you your know, music. I'm get, yeah. I'm sure the atmosphere, like if you were there, live show was worth it. But I mean, it's it, it's kind of the same thing as far as like if you listen to a CD, you know, I'm not gonna listen, I'm not gonna watch it on TV, but I'll go to the live show, right. you know, atmosphere sure. show, all that kind of stuff. So it, it wasn't terrible, but at the same time, it's like it's probably a lot better if you were there. Not to mention the fact tickets were like five thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, so the Super Bowl wasn't designed for a normal person to right. go. Yeah, so so basically, it's a large elite party. Yeah. Okay. Pretty yeah. much. I got that. Ten thousand on eBay, by the way, if you were trying Ooh. to get it last minute. Plus, oh. you got to fly to Los Angeles. Plus, you get a hotel. Sit down with the COVID union. Yeah. Get in a hotel. All right. They lifted the mask mandate in Los Angeles just for the parade. Nice. Oh, that's crazy. And then they're still forcing the school mask mandate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just I encourage everyone to go to the CDC website and look at the statistics for the, especially the demographics for the for COVID, and see how tiny the fraction is of children are affected by it. So I mean, it's it is crazy. The problem for kids though is <clears throat> they don't vote. <laughs> what if they did though? Exactly. Yeah. We don't have recess in our day. Out of the womb, they go straight to the, to the voting booth. That's right. I like that. Sounds like someone from gangs in New York. They get off the boat, we register them to vote, then we shove them in. Are you, are you done voting? Yeah, go back and vote again. It's that Irish whiskey with the lady with the teeth that are sharpened. Like, there's an Irish whiskey? Yeah, it's like, like uh, I see it at the package really? store. I think it's yeah. something Hellcat Maggie or something like that. She's supposed to have been from gangs in New York. Oh, so, interesting. Right before. So Whiskey is always a good weapon. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk about that anytime you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, good news today, <clears throat> Carrie. You and me, especially the uh, continuing resolution was passed. So we have money. We have we have money. Who has money? Maybe a grand machine. The U.S. Thing. government has money. Well, you know, we still the first round of taxes are. We don't like, have. We, we don't have the bills. Well, we don't still have a budget though. That's yeah. the killer. That's why we have to pass the CRA, which which you know, U.S. government seems to be. Not doing what the U.S. government is supposed to be doing. That's my take. Don't get it. 
So it raises the question in my mind, are the politicians interested in running the country at all? They can't. They can't get it together, so they find it easier to just not do a budget thing. Computer issues. We were talking about the budget, how Congress can't do what they want to do because of what? Because it's easier to not. It's easier to not. You don't have to compromise, right? So uh, Ken Burns' series, The Civil War, Shelby Foote, great historian, passed away, sad thing. Um, said that the American genius is in compromise. Um, I think we have failed uh, to bring that forward. And so instead of having to compromise, Republicans and Democrats, they don't do a budget, they just do a CR. Well, I don't think it's even a matter of... I got in this argument with somebody Sorry. the other day. I don't even think it's a matter of compromise. I think it's a matter of, from early on, we just keep trying to put people in these niches instead of allowing people to walk in multiple shoes. I mean, we have this problem in the public school system used to be able to take band and used to choir, used to be able to do all of these things and get exposure to all these different things. Yeah. Now you got kids that are in middle school, they're like, I want to be a doctor when I'm going. I'm like, how do you know that? Yeah. And so they give you all these classes and they don't expose you to anything else. So you don't know, you don't get exposure to that. And so when you become an adult, you're like, well, I don't, I don't have to compromise because I don't, I didn't learn all this stuff. I just yeah. was in my lane the entire time. Yeah. Some lanes are harder than other lanes. So one of our good buddies, Micah, yeah. uh, was talking about the death of the Good, solid liberal arts education. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm a pseudo-STEM guy. I deal with it all the time. I think it's a good thing. But you got to wonder, you know, not everybody is going to be science, technology, mathematics, right. engineering the, the type The beauty thing. of the liberal arts education is it teaches you how to learn. Yeah, but didn't that used to be lower? Uh, that used to be middle school and high school. Now high school has become like you have to pick what you're going to do when you grow up at ninth grade. Like you can't even pick out what kind of clothes you're going to wear. You're going to pick out what you're going to do for your entire career. Right. So the, uh, oh, maybe this, yeah. So the Navy did this. Oh, <clears throat> we hemorrhaged because we weren't really solidly educating our officer corps. We hemorrhaged a lot of junior officers. And then to fill that gap, uh, we kind of pillaged the goat locker or the, the chief's mess and converted a bunch of people to, to officer corps, which put a hole in the chief's mess. So we pulled up the junior sailors and put them in the chiefs. And so all you've done is kind of water down the, the standard. Um, I believe that after No Child Left Behind and um, standards of learning and um, all these kind of shifts in education that should, in theory, take at least 12 years to figure out whether or not they've actually worked, um, we've instead decided that every child should go to college. Which now, is although stupid. I'm a proponent for going to college, if that's what you know, it's in, if that's what you want to um, it's made college the sorting house now. You're kind of making life decisions at that level that should have. In, yeah. In our so Andrew, Andrew said, um, "If you want to go, right? Yeah. I, if, I, I don't. I don't think that's the case because mm-hmm. there, I, I want to do a lot of things that either I'm not qual- qualified for yeah. or have the ability for. Maybe later on I'll have the ability for it." Right? So, I, I mean, I'm a big proponent of the way, say, that England does it, where you take an exam. You figure out if you have right there then the ability to succeed in college. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that, though, because there's a lot to be said. There's a lot of merit in drive and just that, screw you, I'm going to succeed. Like, um, hmm. the, the, we like our movies, the movie Men of Honor. Where Cuba Gooding Jr. They're like, yeah. you're never going to succeed. Never going to do it, Cookie. And so like he would, Cookie. he would, you know, if you were to take a test, he would fail. But he was like, no, I'm going to succeed. So he went to the library and he studied and he this and he that. And you, how do you put that into a test? 
Right. How do you not sort those people out? They're going to be so hungry that they're going to do anything and everything to succeed. They're going to stay up late. They're going to do it because are they the smartest person in the room? Well, then no, gonna, but they want to be a lawyer. Then you don't solve the problem. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying more. I'm of, just saying, I'm not sure. Well, I don't see how you solve the problem. I don't see how you solve the problem then if it's just going to be, well, if you want to go to college, you go to college. That's what we have now. Well, you, you mean the easiest way is why, why have people have to go to college at 18? So they have no life experience. They go from high school yep. to college, and you have no worldly experience. In high school, you probably didn't carry a job. You probably didn't deal with anything other than what your mom and dad told you to do to set you up for high school. Well, how do you know if you want to be an art therapist? Or how do you know if you want to be a trash man? Or how do you know if you want to do, you want to run a business? Or a, How do you know? You haven't been anywhere in life that would give you the ability to test the water and go, you know what, I might do that. So why do you have to do that? The human, the human brain stops the quote unquote developing and maturing at what twenty one, twenty two. Go to school at twenty two. Just well, it depends. Women mature much faster. Faster. The men is like mentally mature until like they're twenty six. I'm but waiting. Can I'm, you imagine how how different society would look if we essentially told people, like, unless you're going to be a star athlete or you know for a fact that you're going to be so driven that going to school, which is going to be hard, you're going to do it. Take take two three years and figure out like travel, see the world, test some stuff out. Try to afford that. I mean, if you're getting paid, paid by whom? If you have a job, you can do it. So if you get a job, how are you traveling the world? I'm confused. I have somebody that does it all the time. They work three weeks, they bank their money, and they plan their little trips, and then they go for a couple weeks and then they, or a couple days, and they come back. And then for their mm-hmm. bigger trips, they work and they save for four months, and then they go and do their bigger trips. Because that's what they want to do. And they haven't quite figured it out, but they haven't accumulated $40,000 in student Agreed. loans. I hear you. Agreed. I'll tell you, it, it has changed. College, when I was there, and college today, is it's totally two, different, different. Yeah, two different worlds. And quite honestly, as a parent, it's kind of hard for me to keep up with what's going on there. And um, I don't know I, I don't know what the answer is, but I think that um, I look back at my own life and I realize the fact that where I ended up is not where I envisioned ending up, right? Exactly. Um, and uh, I, I, maybe I'll figure it out by the time I die. But, but at, at this point, college was a benefit to me. Um, but there are plenty of times when I sit back looking at the bill I got from my plumber or the roof guy right. or the HVAC guy and I'm like, holy Am I in the wrong game yeah. altogether? Yeah. Um, and, and it would be advantageous to have a trade. So part of the discussion we have, we're having here, and is the, uh, or one of the issues with the discussion is the 100% solution, right? Which I think we need to move away from. I agree that my, okay. propo- my proposal, you're going to, some people are going to be left out. And, and I'm sorry, but we're not going to find a, per- if we look for the perfect solution, we'll end up with no solution. So... So not start, everybody can go to college. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. Okay? Let's, let's, let's make it an exam. Yes, some people are going to fall through the cracks. Well, I, I, think, so I think an exam would be a piece of the solution, but I also think that you have to credit people in the life and go. Well, you, we talk about it all the time. The family, the people that go, you can go to college. Like, I don't really give a shit what that exam said. If you want to do it, you can do it. Mm. And then you're, at, you're getting an exception to the rule well, versus the... Time out. Just because someone doesn't pass their A-levels, right, and go to college from high school to college doesn't mean they can't circle back around later on. Well, that's what I'm later saying. Later on in life. But so you're not, just, you're not just basing the system off of, off of a test. You're also basing it off of your empowering no, 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 no. people in the culture to start to move people instead of this idea of like, well, you have to go to college. And if you don't go to college, you're a failure. 
Because you didn't go to college. Well, I don't know where I want to be. But you got to go to college, man. You got to you got to go to community college, and you got to take the. I don't know what I want to do. Now you got to go. Mm. I you, I don't I don't understand why I have to take biology because I don't want. I know I don't want to do anything with biology. Not you got to take it. General, of course. Got to well, take that. Is, all right. So we're starting throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Liberal arts education introduces the mind to a wide variety of subjects. Right. If you're, go, but right. So, and so I, I I'm all for general courses that broaden your horizon. Otherwise, what you do is you're going to take that kid who aces the A-level exam, right? You're going to put him in his, oh, he's a he's a lawyer track, and all he's going to do is focus on law? That's not what right. I want. Yeah. Right, but you should be taking that test after, after the, the liberal arts should be in the lower levels, well, and by the time you take that test and are taken a loan to go to school, you should know exactly what you want to do. So we used I mean, you're, to... You're contradicting yourself. We used to have... Well, uh, not, yeah, you are. Right. You're expecting... The, the A-level happens at the end of high school. Right, and you're still saying that that kid going to college should know what he wants to do. I'm saying he's so, got the brains to go to college, right? But hadn't necessarily figured. Out may not what have figured exactly what he wants to do in you know as, as a profession. Then don't go to college. You have the brains to go to college and do what? What are you gonna do in college? You're gonna go to a class and take classes and then change your major three times? Yeah, why not? Because it costs. It's expensive. It depends how you do it, right? Okay. It depends how you do it, right? So is there a cheap I, I, way I to go, do it? Because I haven't figured that part No, out. no, my, my point being is, is that's like I go in, I want to be pre-med, right? Okay. And I say, oh, you know what? You know, so you got you got to take your general courses. Okay. Right? Okay, and you got to take start taking your prerequisites for med, for pre-med. And you go, you know what? That's not for me. Okay? So you've taken your general courses. Well, what? Maybe, maybe history sparked, you know, something. Like, you know what? Yeah, I think this is where I want to be. Yeah, but wouldn't that make more sense to... To design it to where, if history is going to spark you, it's in high school, where you. Oh, have, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. And before you're paying for it, that's that. That's what I'm. So like, I you think, think that, they don't teach history in high school. I think. I that, don't know. <laughs> do we? Do we want to go there? Well, I, I mean, like we homeschool our kids. So okay, gotcha. the toy No, I think experience. the public. I think the public schools moved away from things like that. I think. Oh. I think the public school system is. We need to get our math grades up and our science grades up because that's where all the money's at. And well, we that's, don't where really... the, that's where the standard of learning exam is. Yeah, and that's that's all we care about. So what so what I'm saying is is I'm I'm not saying your your solution is not without merit, but I'm saying that if you're gonna because the cost of inflation is gonna keep going up, the cost of school is just gonna keep going up. Doesn't, Move doesn't the have to. Doesn't have to. So I was gonna bring out the moneyed interests, yeah. right? So there's yeah. the there's the per, the personal fingerprinting of the individual child and their experience. I call them a child, but. An adult going to college, right? And right. all the decision-making capability um, classification so on that they've got to walk through. But there's also the moneyed interest from the university brick-and-mortar organization that has administrators and staff to pay for and so on and so forth. They've got and research and, and all that fun stuff. They've got to get the bodies in, right? So it's like coal into the fire. you got to get that coal in there in order to get the, the, the money to flow in the right direction. And so they are... They are rabid to get those young lives into their universities because they need the cash in the coffers to keep the system going forward. So we find ourselves locked in this in this weird world where every child is told, at least in high school, hey, every one of you have got to go to college. And the, the college um, attractors are busy doing the same thing. And now you're right. You've created the society where, no kidding, everybody's got to get on the gravy right, train, right? right. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know, life's a funny little thing, but um, I think at some point in time you do have to take a pause and kind of look around, boundary scoping, 
and reassess things um, and figure out how far your money is going to take you and whether or not the risk is worth the reward. Right, right. I think part of that, and it circles around to all of our points, is that we as a society don't empower individuals anymore. We kind of look to our leaders who are a joke, and we go, oh, well, our leader said that's what we have to do. And it's like, okay, but but no, we don't. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you as a per, what you're going to do, your, your course of action is going to be very different than the person to your left or to your right. And we don't empower people as a society anymore to go, it's okay to take your path. If it's through college, go. If it's through... I'm going to learn how to run a business instead of go to school for a business, go. If it's, I don't know what I want to do and I'm going to get some experience in life, go. But we don't do that anymore. I think if I were to break it out, you've got three issues that need to be fixed. One is primary education. It needs to be fixed. Money is a tool. Money is not the answer. You can't throw money at the school district and expect all of a sudden to have smart kids. It's not the way it works. Change the way they teach children. right? It's, it's not about... SOLs is about learning. So I think I think the building block approach, you, you have the kids memorize, you know, one first, second grade. My wife can do this better than I can. Second to third or fourth grade, now you start taking that, what you've memorized and applying it to something concrete, and then you move on to something, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Nebulous. Abstract. That's the word I'm looking for. Something abstract. And then, you know, in, in, in the high school now, you're, in, should be in that liberal arts environment where you know how to learn and now you're being introduced to a myriad subjects okay, with a goal of being at the end okay, do you have the aptitude? doesn't mean you don't have the aptitude further down the road maybe you haven't developed yet Okay, that's that part I personally, now this is the divergence from the discussion would like to see some mandatory federal service to give you that life experience outside of school, into the real world, military, service, social, something, where you go off for a year, away from mom and dad, give however you want to give, come back, fi- you know, figure out what it is you're going to do. So I find that uh, it's, it's an interesting conversation because of the times, right? Um, and I look at this a little strange. One, education's... Um, front and center in the conversation in the public arena right now for obvious reasons. Terry McAuliffe, San Diego. Is it San Diego or San Francisco? San Francisco school board. Three members replaced yesterday. Huh. Um, could have been voted out in November. The people said, no, no, no. You're so bad, you need to leave now. Um, so the issue of education is, is front and center. Um, additionally, I think that as we... I sense that we're turning the tide on kind of our approach to COVID. So small group environments are on an uptick I, beyond. I mean, it, so the whole, hey, let's just put our foot out the bar and just have a drink and kind of have that community. Right. Uh, that's happening. Here's a small example of that, right? Three guys getting together and talking. I think those are kind of picking up more and more. Um, and additionally, I think that um, um, we're kind of pondering where do we go after this is all said and done? Um, and in as much as we're pondering that, I think education naturally becomes one of the first things that we're, that we're thinking about. Um, so this week I read uh, Matt Taibbi. Taibbi said that um, he had an editorial, I think it was in the, one of the New York uh, um, papers, where he basically said that he thought that the 
the Democratic Party has abandoned Asian American and East Indian American families because they came here and they came here hoping that their kids could get a better education. And when Terry McAuliffe stood there and says, you should have no impact on your child's education. And when the repeated refrain is that merit doesn't count anymore, those families start saying, this is not what we bargained for. This is not what we were looking for. Um, I'm, I, I'm hopeful that we start having a serious conversation. You said money doesn't solve anything. We are pouring more money per pupil into a system that continually fails us than any other modernized country on the, on the planet. Correct. And so we really do have to have a serious conversation around education in this country. I mean, we talked about this on pod one that didn't really go anywhere, pod, but we as a society don't, especially our leaders, don't ever want to go, you know what, we got this wrong. Let's just start all over. It's like, no, you know what, we'll put a bandage on it. Right. And we'll put a bandage over that bandage over that bandage. And you know what, then we're going to do some distraction over here. And then we're going to put a bandit on the distraction. And before you know it, you're like, what are we talking about? And they're like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Why are we here? Let's go look at something else. Yes, so right. that requires humility and compromise. Coming, circling back to the compromise discussion, right? Um, and there's a discussion to be had as to why humility and compromise seems to be lacking so much. And I think we can point a finger at social media for sure, is part of that, where the um, we're in the wild, wild west days of social media. If you think about it, 2007, roughly the kind of the birth of social media, I guess. And you know, what is that? 14 years ago, 15 years mm -hmm. ago. It's still very young. MySpace. Yeah, but it's still very, we're still very young. Um, <laughs> technology, young yeah. environment. We're still trying to figure out how to deal with it, mm -hmm. and I think that's. One of the things that we'll, in the future, have to learn about is, okay, well, you know, what's the purpose? Um, I mean, the standard, everybody says, is you're not going to change somebody's mind on Facebook, right? So mm -hmm. these discussions and the things you go looking for and the statement of opinion, opinion's fine, right? And, and that's, you should be able to, we talked about last week, hear someone's opinion, take it in, shake it around a little bit. Either some of it makes sense, none of it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Oh, look at that. Okay. Uh, but we seem to have lost the ability to do that. And then if that opinion comes in and it registers and you go, ah, I see the flaw in my argument. Yeah, you know what? I was wrong about that. Yeah, social media is um, it's a culprit of a couple of ills. I think the, the uh, uh, paramount among them is this kind of um, narcissism on steroids, right? Um and any time that you become that self-absorbed, you're not able to do the things that you were just talking about. I am interested in some conversation I hear among young people now about just um, a self-regulating approach to social media where they independently have said, you know what, I really, I don't need to be on Facebook and I don't need to be on Instagram and I don't need to have 600 followers and I don't need this and I don't need that. And that's, that's, I think that's a healthy, um, kind of interesting that it seems to be natural. It seems to be grassroots kind of growing up that way. Um, hopefully that keeps on going. Agreed. You know, you know get back to the point where social media was merely a matter of sharing, you know, social contact, con contact, sorry. Um, vice, the divisiveness that is now 
I think, though, and this is a rabbit hole to go down to, is the control of social media and the, the uh, business monitoring uh, model, business model that they have, you know, the social data mining, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, which is, I mean, if you want to have your eyes open, listen to uh, was it Robert Epstein on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast and the control that Google and Facebook have over how information, how you are, how, how you are viewing social media. They control that. It's, it's interesting mm-hmm. and frightening in a sense. And you wonder, okay, well, how do you get around that? Well, I think maybe the grassroots way is to go. These kids going, hey, you know, eh, it's not, it's not giving me anything. I'd rather interact with you personally. Yeah, I mean that starts at the that starts at the home. It starts at the community level. As far as like, there's an old saying: decisions are made by those who show up. Well, social media has made it to where everybody can show up now. You don't have to get up out of your office and go and shake somebody's hand and look at their face when they're talking to you. You determine everything by 160 characters. <laughs> it's like you. How can you merit somebody their headspace? Their you know like there there is just a way. I mean, I, I deal with people all the time. When you shake somebody's hand, there's an instant that you're just like, something's off. There's a vibe. There's a whatever. So anything they say, you put through this prism of, I know there's a vibe. Versus if you're like reading it on a on a tech, on an email. No clue. It's like, you have no clue. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's just, it's one of those things. It's like, it starts at the level of, you know, it's, I, I think of it as a young dad, but it's like, you got to teach, you got to teach your son to shake hands. Like, hey, shake this man's hand. You know, if you're going to have a problem with somebody, go and talk to them. Yeah. Sit down and have a conversation. Um, two points. Um, one, I think the media, or rather the uh, military, is starting to see the effects of COVID, particularly on junior officers. The inability for them to gather with their peer groups and kind of make the connections that they need to at a junior officer level, those that will continue in, into their career kind of thing. Um, hopefully coming out of it, that kind of, that that'll uh, end up, changing here pretty shortly um and i lost my second point. <laughs> i mean it's, it's just it's a it's a point you need to pour are oh, you tell me that'll Drink. help that'll, <laughs> that'll help oh i'm sorry i did get it again thank you crack open the bottle yeah. um, what is that we're opening by the way mccallan what this is mccallan 12 nice nice see i knew it's it gone this from one a was. bourbon to a scotch pour smooth too um i've got some Younger folk that I deal with that uh, on a professional level that think it's okay to kind of send an email and sit back and wait for it. And I'm like, no, no, no. You can you can pick up a phone. You can actually get up from your desk and walk down the hall and see the see the person that you just emailed. Yeah. And so it's in, it's an interesting kind of challenge for um, managers. Yeah, it's a weird society. Like I I'm a big proponent of texting just because of the number of things that I have going on in my day. But there's always a point where you just got to pick up the phone and call somebody and be like, hey, we're not on the same page. Let's sit down and have a conversation. What are we missing? Because there's a lot of times, like, you can you can have the conversation for like with yourself, and it's one-sided, and you go, well, yeah, 100%. This is the way I see it. And then you talk to that person, and you're like, oh, we weren't even in the same library, let alone the same <laughs> book or page. Right. Yeah. Um, fascinating. So I'd like to bring this up because I heard this today. It's kind of like counting. Uh Last in, first out. So this is from... Is that LIFO? It is. FIFO, LIFO. LIFO, FIFO. Yeah, baby, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so we all know Eisenhower's farewell address, right? When he warns about the 
Military industrial. Military industrial. Do you, do you complex. know what else he said in that address? No, I, do I just not, learned that Chris. today. Peace out, everybody. Yet. Drop the mic. <laughs> He's the first one to mic drop. I had I like to take it, it off the stand. <laughs> like, just knock the stand uh, over. Those large microphones I had. <laughs> it's got like five of them. He's just knocked them all over. I'd, I'd have a Secret Service guy help him pick it up. <laughs> Power move. All right, so. I told you I wanted Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> So he says, that was funny yet in holding scientific discovery and respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific technological elite. <laughs> 1961, <laughs> he said this. <laughs> Holy cow. Channeling his... Uh... Dude, he was talking to aliens. Yeah, there you go. He was talking to guys from The Simpsons. Time have you seen travel. Fauci lately? Time travel. No. Neither have I. Nope. Nope. Telling, is it not? No, absolutely. But really, the scientific elite, there you go. or the scientific technology. He's still collecting 400000 well over 400000 Yeah, exactly. Google. Plus all the lobby money that he's getting. Yeah. Google, Facebook, any of the big tech companies. Yeah. They're, they're the elite. They control everything. So Epstein talks about the amount of sway. He quantifies it. That's what his, his, his uh, think tank does. They quantify because they run the experiments. Quantify the amount of sway that something like Google has on the public, and it's incredible. Do you remember when you used to write a paper and the internet was not a reliable source? You had to go to right. a library. Had to go get a book. Yeah, right. you had to go get a book. Now it's like, oh, well, my three sources are three different websites. Like, what are their? What's their source from? Like, oh, it's the internet. It's fine. I mean, it, yeah. And it's even really... in the even in the news sources, because I've seen this of late. Um, a story either of, of great solid research or absolute bunk just gets repeated down this Correct. echo chamber over and over again. Correct. And I mean, literally kind of picked up, printed with like a different bumper sticker on it for a heading. Right. And gets put out there. And you're like, did anyone do any research whatsoever? So we talked about that last week with the crack pipes. Right. Right. And so, you know, the, the right wing media picks up on this program and goes, oh, it's crack pipes, you know, free crack pipes for everybody. Okay, that sounds good. It's a good sound bite. And if you're looking to score points against somebody with, who, you know, who's not, you know, for an audience that's not going to do any work on their own, great. But you dig into it and you realize that's not at all what's going on. And that happens left and right. It does. You're right. So digging, that's, that, I think we end up back on education, right? <laughs> Because how to I, learn? I don't. Uh, this is gonna sound bad. Um, so on a campaign trail or just doing knocking for a campaign, you can knock, and uh, oftentimes I found that people would not um, ask the second question. Right? Why? So their their time is limited. Right? They're they're standing at their door and in their you know t-shirts or whatever after coming home from work. So they're already tired. Right? Get it. Plus, you know, the kid's crying, the rice is cooking, and Jeopardy is on in two minutes. So, hey, I'm here for so-and-so's campaign, and I want to tell you a little about the person. Well, do you have any questions? Um, well, where do they stand on this? You answer, and then next thing you know, boom, that's it. Whatever answer you gave, they don't come back with, like, a second question. And I was always kind of floored by that because... The issue is too complex for it's, one answer. It is. It often is, and right. and right. so you know, I don't know. Anyway, yes, you gotta 
You got to dig a little bit. Wait, so, my gosh, we're, we're, we are deep in the rabbit hole now. Yeah, I'm right. not sure where we're going to pull out of this. But think about this. How many times have we heard politicians over the years say on the air they've not read the bill they're voting on? Yes. Okay, right there. I mean, That's what the staff is for. <laughs> That's why they sit behind me. Exactly. So and then lean in my ear and tell me what I should be saying. Ah, tell me what I should be saying. That's what, that's it, what they're for. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a fascinating problem for us to have. And, and, you know, how do you create a... And when we use the word educated, I know people talk about degrees. But we're talking about the ability, how to learn. That's an important an ed- dis- An educated person is one, who's, is one who knows how to learn. And I don't know that we're producing a lot of educated people, no matter how many degrees they have. I mean, just people that, when they open their mouth, they know what they're talking about. Right. And they have the ability to say, I don't know what I'm talking about, let me go figure it out. That's, that's the, to me, that's the most important piece right there, is the, right. yeah, either I don't know, I, I don't know, I'll get back to you, let me do some research. Why not say that? So, I mean, you know, we're having tea with Mad Hatter at this point, so I'll just throw out the other one. So everybody talks about term limits. Um... I, I'm not sure I'm a proponent for it because I think it just means that politicians have become even more conniving. Um, but at the end, at least <coughs> with it, you may not have, you know, um, Chuck Schumer, who's been there for however long. Oh, or, yeah. Uh, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell yeah. has been there forever in a day. And you're like, well, at least hopefully we get more. Young blood. Yeah. New yeah. ideas. Other people. New thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Exactly. It's a new idea, and maybe it feeds the. What if you did term limits without pay? Like all you get is your stipend, no paycheck. You're going to Washington for four years. I got no news paycheck. for you. No paycheck. So the uh, then CEO of eBay ran for Congress. I think she ran for Congress and spent. I think it was. Seven, it was, I mean, it's a big number back then. She was like $70 million she spent on that campaign out of California for a job that pays like $100,000 a year. But she's not running for the job. She's running for the influence and power that comes with it. Cheers, brother. That's exactly right. Okay. You sure? Yeah, yeah. So, I'm okay. You could... You're going to die over this, what it sounds like. I, if I die on the podcast, it will be the first, and it better make front page news. <laughs> Don't save me. Hey, that might, that man, might make us. Man dies while drinking on podcast. Exactly. Alcohol be, blame. Be like the Peloton bike that's getting hits because of like it. different shows. That's right. People, are having, people are having heart attacks on the on Peloton, Peloton bike, bike yeah. and people are like, well, that's why I can't have a Peloton bike. This fictional character had a heart attack. And Peloton's like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can't find an airplane because all the fictional airplanes crash. Yeah. They wrote a whole show about it called Lost, where he really wasn't. Exactly. All right. Don't die. I'll no. try not to. Hobo Bob will be very sad if you die. He will be. I thought his name was Hobo Joe. Oh, sorry. And we moved to Hobo Bob. His name is Hobo Bob Joe. <laughs> we picked up another hobo. <laughs> we've, only got, we've only got enough money in the budget for these three mics, which ho- we stole. Two hobo limit. Two hobo limit. Two hobo limit. We have, we have uh, digressed... <laughs> Far from sports. It's the, okay. The, uh, Nothing wrong with that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. I'd rather have this discussion, to be honest with you, because right now it's a slow time in sports, I'll be honest with you. It is a slow time in sports. But there are a lot of other things to, 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 you can talk about uh, with regards to this topic, and I really think that if we can get, like you said, the small group discussion going on, and, and small, I mean, is relatively, you know, relative. Community level, I think, is where you're going to make your money. Um, 
And if you can get neighbors talking to neighbors, people who don't see eye to eye politically realizing that they have a lot in common. Um, and I can listen to your opinion and not die. Right? Oh, right. look at that. Yeah. I can hear an opposite, opposing opinion and not die. Who is who is quoted with more bring we have more in common than divides us or something along those lines? I don't know. It's a it's a really good quote though. If more we had some way of instantaneous access to information. Well, yeah. So we do. Okay. But so podcast listeners, all fifteen of you, find this information and email it to me at right. info. But you can't use the internet. You have to go to the library. Yeah, you have to go to a library, and not just any library. The Library of Congress. Yeah. That's a beautiful library if you've ever been there. You know who started that library? It's gorgeous. Huh? You know who started that library? Congress? No. <laughs> well, no, I'm sure they funded it, but it was uh, first supplied by the personal library of our very own Virginia's Thomas Jefferson. Oh, wow. Wow. very nice. And over all his books. There you like go. That. You except, guys learned something new. Except for the heretical Jefferson Bible. No. That he wouldn't, he didn't want people to know that he was working Sure, that, exactly. So, yeah. Explains why he He's forever. a slave owner. Shouldn't we, shouldn't we close the Library of Congress? Sorry, I went there. Just those books. Just those books. Just the Jeff- Just the, the ones Jeff- with Jefferson's <laughs> name on. Go ahead and grab all of those. <laughs> Anything Jefferson wrote, we need to get rid of. That's right. No, there's a disclosure in the front of the book. This I, book was owned and written by a man who owned slaves in a time when it was totally legal to own slaves. Yeah. Well, you know, they took a statue out of New York City City Hall after a hundred and years. Are you kidding me? Like oh my gosh. Where did the statue go? I don't know. Does some down. dude have it? Could you just auction that off? I'm sure they and did like something. help contribute. What do, you, what do you call that? A context, a contextual history. Um, what would you call that? Or B? No, no, no. <laughs> a contextual is together. Oh gotcha. Yeah. Just the way that he the C. Pa- it's oh stupid. God. It's just the pause that he put, and he was like trying to make a, sure they got it right. Contextual history. So uh, B semi contextual history. I was going to talk a little bit about the fact that... So Thomas Jefferson's out of the City Hall. Teddy Roosevelt's out of Gone the, the um, Museum. Museum of Natural History. Museum of Natural um, History. My kids will get that one. The Abe Museum Lincoln. of Natural History. There you go. Abe Lincoln is gone from... Um, Lincoln Memorial? No, okay. the... Um, so there's a bronze of him with a rising slave. Oh, okay, that, that, yeah, that's right, yep. That Frederick Douglass himself endorsed. And our own... Um, our own Nathan Richardson, who kind of like Clay Jenkinson gets into the Thomas Jefferson mode. Nathan Richardson does that for um, Frederick Douglass. Okay. And at the time that the riots were kind of, well, not riots, but the people yeah. were gathered and deciding you know, whether or not to rip down the statue, Nate got in his car, drove all the way up to D.C. and tried to have a conversation a with conversation to say, hey, Trust me, I know Frederick Douglass. I've been, you know, living this guy's life. He was a proponent for this statue. This is not what he would have... And, of course, that did not work. Right, exactly, exactly. But I think at some point in time, we will have to sit down with the ghosts of our past and and ask ourselves, what did we do? Why why were we going through this period of time when we thought it was perfectly okay to to go after statues? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we think that makes a difference. Rewrite not history. doing the hard work of educating yourself and learning and talking to people who have a different opinion or skin color. Right. No, I knocked down a statue. Would so you call I'm it grandstanding it and emoting? Well, it was also, it felt good, right? Oh, it felt very yeah, good, right? It felt like you were doing something. I, I think at some point in time, 
maybe people will wake up and realize it really hasn't changed. You know, it's the deck chairs on the Titanic and hadn't changed much. I bet you could buy those. You would hope. You, you would hope. I bet you, you they're rotted by now. Hope that an individual who advocated for, maybe even participated in the taking down of the, the Lincoln statue that you talked about, would at some point read something about or by Frederick Douglass and then go, oh, wait a second. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So one of my best uh, picture scenes is uh, Lincoln. I think it's his second inaugural address. He's given the address, and now he's having the banquet at the the White House. And and um, you know, Civil War is over. They've had their dialogue back and forth through op-ed ads in the newspapers, vying against and for the inclusion of black troops in the fight. Douglas eventually wins. Lincoln puts them in. The war is over, and uh, and now the party's going on. And Douglas has actually been invited to the White House. So Douglas, Frederick Douglass walks into the White House and, you know, the, the music stops playing and all the white faces turn and see this one guy kind of walking into the middle of the, the room and, and Abraham Lincoln turns and says, Ah, there is Douglas, my friend. Set the tone. That's right? exactly. Yeah. All of a sudden, yep. D.C. realizes, Oh, oh, oh. I, guess, I guess that's okay now. <laughs> is that what we're doing? That's what we're doing <laughs> that's now. That's what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> I led by example. It is, it is interesting that, you know, the idea of doing something, right, equals what? Action, I guess is the word I'm looking for. And it may sound odd to say that way, but oftentimes just doing something is not leading to any result. You know, action, think, you think of result. And like you said, sometimes doing something like tearing down a statue, you realize, hmm. I did something. There was no action. There was nothing that came of it. Yeah. Um, and then that leads to the broader discussion of, well, you know, why didn't why didn't I know about that? It goes back to our education discussion. Uh, why didn't I listen to the guy who came and tried to talk to us, talk us out of it? It goes back to our social media, our our ability to to converse and, and listen and play with ideas that aren't necessarily our own. Um, it is fascinating. You know, I'm not saying the good old days were were great because the good old days had the problems. But uh, I'm trying to think of an analogy now, but was it 39, 40, 41, the uh, American Nazi Party rally in Madison Square Garden? You can still find videos of it on YouTube. You see pictures of them, yep. Yeah. Uh, I, many Americans would be shocked to find that we allowed, the American government allowed the American Nazi Party to gather and have a rally at Madison Square Garden. And why shouldn't they be allowed to do that? Well, that's just the point. My point is now, you know, we, we and the KKK wants to have a march. And our thought is, we'll shut them down. When in reality, the response is, let them march, but let the counter marchers be there as well. And they will outnumber the KKK marchers. And you will see, you know, where your ideas lie, where they stack up. Yeah, just because you say you can't do that doesn't mean the person's going to go, well, I guess it's a bad idea. They're just going to do it quietly in their homes without any input from the other side. Oh, my gosh. You just opened another rabbit hole. They're just literally, they're literally just going to be like, well, I'm just going to go quietly, you know, drink in my basement with my buddies, and we're going to stir each other up with one opinion, no other side of it, and then eventually that's how you lead to things that are catastrophic. And all you really had to do was allow them to come out with their opinion and say, respect your opinion. Now, here's the other side of it. Let's have a discussion. That's simple. I mean, it, it, it's 
whether they admit it or not, it would ha- it would be eye-opening for a neo-Nazi KKK member to be marching down the street and the streets be lined with the diversity of the community, all in opposition to them. Right. Have you seen, I think I've asked you this before, have you seen um, A Time to Kill, Matthew McConaughey, Kiefer Sutherland? So A Time to Kill. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, a Time to Kill. I have. Yeah, so yes. the, like the end of that movie is fantastic. By the end, of, by the end of the movie, and spoiler alert to anybody who's never seen this twenty-year-old movie, but so the little black girl gets raped, and everybody's like, "Oh, whatever." And then at the end, he gets through, goes through the story, and people are closing their eyes and they're crying, and he goes, "Okay, now imagine she's black." People are like, "I didn't even, you know," and but when you and they they cut to the scene of outside, and there's just all these people of different walks of life going, "Can we just not get behind the fact that what just happened was wrong, regardless of?" race or color or what that's wrong and so like that that's one of those things you're just like dude just put that aside let's move together in a positive direction but but that requires interaction that requires a meeting of minds and ideas that with which you may not always agree right it requires you to have the intellectual courage and stamina to do that and i'm not sure we have a lot of that to be honest with you so i think it's growing i'll I'll give you a little buoy here all right Um, baby i do believe bring me up I think that the agents of um, popular media and maybe even social media um, and, I don't know, I guess to some degree, um, government forces kind of want to keep us separated. But I think as, as we're coming out of this, it is ne- we, are, we are social creatures. We want to get together. We want to have dinner parties. We want to have, yeah. hey, let's go out. And, we want to get together know, and have a podcast. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's that that's naturally going okay. to happen. So I think that's where we seem to be heading. So the the panderers of social media understand that negativity bias rules. And I heard today it's not mine, this is Robert Epstein talking, and he's like, It's the cockroach in the salad, right? Cockroach in the salad, the salad is ruined. No matter how big the salad is, the salad is ruined. Absolutely. The reverse of that is not true. Right. The bowl of roaches with a piece of lettuce. Exactly. In there. You're like, oh, well, the piece of lettuce is okay. Doesn't work that way. Right. I'm just saying, I would still eat a salad if there's a roach in it. If it's a big salad, I'd one be roach. Like, yeah. So I just take the roach out. Keep going. So my, my, the point is, is that that is what that is what drives social media. Social media is right now the way it's working is controlling a lot of the way people think about things. And again, I encourage you to listen to Joe Rogan's interview with Robert Epstein and you just listen to Epstein to hear what he says and think about how you how you interact with Google, with Facebook, with Instagram. Um, so I think that's working against us in, in a sense. Um, but I do believe that we are seeing at the community level, right? Like you talked about the the groundswell of I just want to talk to somebody. Yeah, I want to I want to get together and not be separated, yeah. whether it's from a by a screen or, or by, you know, yeah, three plastic, mics. Plastic doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. So I I, I think you're right. I think there is a, a groundswell in that way. I think I think it's important. Our note to our 15 listeners and to anybody else that would listen is that seek positivity and everything else will take care of itself. If you seek the opportunities to grow and not opportunities to tear each other down, everything else takes care of itself. Yeah. yeah. How long are we going now? It's about time to wrap it up. Right. It doesn't it up. seem like it because it, I mean, I know we had some technical issues, but 
The discussion doesn't make me feel like I've been talking for over an hour, but I know we have. I mean, Carrie's been doing a lot of the talking this week. Sorry. <laughs> Carrie can do all the talking because he's the smartest one among us. I don't know about Carrie. that, but I, I just... I probably, and the best looking. I'll take that. Big sexy. I'll tell you what my mother used to tell me when I was a kid. Oh, yeah? What'd she tell you? Go I don't know if she'll, she'll listen to this, but when I was younger, maybe eight, nine, ten... She'd chide me and say, you know, your good looks are only going to take you so far. <laughs> That's a lie, Mom. My good looks have gotten me very far. If only she could see you now. Doing a podcast in this bedroom. With go. no video. With no video. <laughs> exactly. It's the only reason we have hired you. Because you're bald and look good. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Got definitely face for radio. Yeah. You have the voice for it, man. You do have the voice for it. You're the best voice we got. What you don't know, guys, is Carrie has a monocle. <laughs> <laughs> and a pocket watch gentlemen <laughs> cheers episode cheers, number two in the books wraps alright thank you very much everybody cheers, cheers. that's all for today's show. We hope you enjoyed listening to us weave our way through all of today's topics. If you have something to say, good or bad, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at comments at theupsetpicks.com or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And don't forget to check out the daily Chasing the Dog video on YouTube where you'll get all the top dog plays of the day. Give us a thumbs up and hit subscribe. So from Carrie, Andrew, and me and the entire Upset Picks team, Thank you for listening. Be blessed, be smart, and be bold.